This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Welcome to the Self-Talk Radio Show. Mind-changing radio. You've waited your whole life. How much longer are you going to make the people who are waiting to receive the message only you can deliver wait? Do you have what it takes to be the next TED Talk sensation? My next guest is the international best-selling author of Being Unapologetic. He's coached thousands of on-purpose speakers, performers, and executives to bring their A-game to the stage. He's been featured on CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox. Please welcome David DiGiorgio to Self Talk Radio Show. Brought to you by Scribe Media. Unlocking the world's wisdom. ScribeMedia.com. Ready to write your book but just don't have the time? Turn to Scribe Media Book Writing. Turn your knowledge into a book. Or Scribe Guided Author. Write it yourself with professional help. Learn more at scribemedia.com. Welcome to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. Do you have what it takes to be the next TED Talk speaker? Well, David DiGiorgio is the international best selling author of Being Unapologetic. Please welcome David DiGiorgio to Self Talk Radio Show. Hi, David. Hey, thank you so much. Great to be here with you, Sarah. Well, it's wonderful to have you. <laughs> You've been an entrepreneur your whole life. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, which entrepreneurial enterprise taught you the most lessons? <laughs> it pains me still to say it. So at some point in my career, I decided it would be a good idea to open a yoga studio. And let me tell you a little something about the yoga world, at least in this part of the, the world, in the Western world. It's, um, uh, and I'll, I'll keep it clean for the show. It's namaste on the outside and we'll just call it namaste witches on the inside <laughs> because oh and i'm talking about the men and the women it's just cutthroat i think you know when um it's not it's not easy to run a business like that and a brick and mortar and um yoga you know the essence of yoga is meant not to be for profit but um you know, you have this space and it's, you know, $10,000 a month to rent. And then you do something stupid like a Groupon or a deal find. And as a new business, that is very difficult. So I learned mm. a lot about building community, everything not to do um, <laughs> when you open a business like that. And I really, I think the biggest lesson that I learned, and it's something that I really talk about a lot now is that um, people are everything. If, if, you can have the greatest idea in the world, but if nobody's watching, following, believing in you, so what? It doesn't mm. matter. And right. you could have a great looking space, a great looking brick and mortar business. But if you're not out there marketing who you are and what you are and what you believe in getting ambassadors for what you believe, it's not going to go anywhere. Or you're selling something that nobody wants and no one has the heart to tell you. <laughs> right. Which happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It does. What pushed you to write being un unapologetic? Honestly, it's my reminder to myself. I needed a daily reminder um, that I was never going to go back and be apologetic for everything. So I grew up, you know, I'm Canadian originally. And as we know, Canadians apologize for everything. <laughs> And um, I had an extra layer because I was born in a, an amazing Italian Catholic family. And so there's a lot of guilt inherent in the culture um, just growing up that way. And it's not a bad thing. It just is 
it's a cultural thing. It's just the way it is, and at least the way I grew up. And so I found myself apologizing for everything, for who I was, what I did. I just could never make it, right? Because it's just, you're just never meant to make it. It's always supposed to be sort of everything is ho-hum average. And um, I was tired of it. I just got sick of it. And um, it's a book I should have written 20 years ago. But I'm glad that, you know, everything conspired in the right timing for me to actually do it. And it has been such an amazing blessing, not only for me, but for um, the amazing people who've come back to me after they've read it. And the transformation it's creating for others has really been a blessing. What were the chapters that were the most powerful for you to write? Oh, wow. You know, that's a great question. Um, each chapter in its own way had a challenge because so I'm not again maybe this is my own cultural upbringing I'm not very open and so to share about so one I had to get over the fear of sharing about myself and I think a lot of people who end up writing books have this thing it's like well who wants to read about anything that I have to say or my own life experiences because the book is a combination of my life experiences and the experiences of others but, you know, it's funny because I remember I I kind of I raced to the finish line when I wrote this. So my husband and I went on a, a, a trans-Pacific cruise from Japan to Alaska. And on the eight-day crossing, there's not much to do unless you want to play Yahtzee or do Tai Chi. Uh, so I decided this would be a perfect time for me to write the book. And I really, in eight days, most of the book was written in eight days. Wow. And I remember, yeah, yeah, How, I had a, that's amazing. So you must've just had this blueprint and, and just a mm -hmm. massive download that happened to you eight days. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And I, it was amazing to me as it was happening. Like I couldn't believe I was actually doing it. Now I did spend four or five months before that creating the outline and sort of figuring out, okay, what mm. do I want? What are the chapters? What are the sections? What are the stories that I want to tell? So I had a pretty strong, like I had a bunch of bullet points where I would look, I'm like, okay, today I'm going to write this chapter. And then I had all these stories and quotes and ideas that I could expand on. Now, here's the thing. I just wrote, like I didn't edit myself. I didn't judge. I didn't nothing. I didn't check the grammar. I just wrote and then I remember when I had the first manuscript and I sent it to the editor, who is like a renowned award-winning editor and amazing human being. And I said to him, I apologized, of course, for sending what I sent to him. I said, I don't know what this is going to be. I'm so sorry. Like, you apologized for, for your book called Being Unapologetic. Totally. Yeah. And it was like, you know, the, the image I guess you could create is like, you know, the kid who's just like, they just want to drop something off to their parent really quick because they know they've done something wrong and they want to get out of the room as fast as possible. That was me. And oh, about wow. a week later, he got back to me and he was like, this is actually very good. I hardly put any, I didn't do a lot of editing. I mean, what you have here is really amazing. And then what really meant a lot to me was, you know, it, he told me how it impacted him going through. And I was like, this is a guy who's Your like editor. editing hundreds wow. of books a year, literally hundreds of books a year. And so I knew I was like, gosh, and this is a message that I really put out there a lot when I'm speaking and working with people is like, you've waited your whole life. How much longer are you going to make the people who are waiting to receive the message only you can deliver wait? Mm. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and you sometimes you write your own medicine. You know, sometimes it's like you needed to hear that too. A hundred percent. I I needed that validation that um, my experiences and what I had to say and the wisdom that I've picked up on along the way was is valuable. It, mm-hmm. And that my experience can help somebody break through whatever they're going through or move them from one place to another. But you don't know that until you do something like this, right? Not right. Many, not many people. I forget what the stat is. Less than 3% of the people in the world ever write a book or something like that. And so, you know, I, I encourage people to write something because yeah. you'll see the feedback that you get really is life changing. It it is. I mean, I wrote a book and I I kind of buried it. <laughs> the fam wasn't too happy with my book, but you know, it, it that, that is what it is. But you right. know, it, it's interesting. You you ask how do you add value? Uh, mm. I, I think I watched one of your one of your um, videos. How do you add value? And and how do you answer that question for yourself? You know, it's so funny, and it's a question that really ticks me off because <laughs> really I'm, I'm so oh my glad gosh. I asked it then. <laughs> yeah I'm so glad you did actually because it really is the heart of what you know what I really believe when I immigrated from Canada to the U.S. I you know I sort of went through this process of going back to school essentially which is probably part of the video that uh, I talk about this maybe in the video that you saw I you know and as I I watch all of these like webinars and you know people are uh, all sorts of people have all sorts of opinions but the one that keeps coming up over and over again right now is this whole idea if you want to be successful especially in the online space and i know you know a lot about this and it is true to a degree but this whole you have to deliver value you have to add value and i'm kind of like hold on a second when you put it that way it really discounts the fact that when I really started to look at my life, I'm like, okay, hold up here. Whatever you believe in is besides the point. But the fact is we're a miracle. Scientifically, mm-hmm. from a God perspective, from a universe perspective, from a unicorn perspective, whatever you want to put out yep. there. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay, so if if I'm a miracle and you're a miracle and we're all miracles, uh, sounds pretty valuable to me. So then it's just a matter of like, when are you going to start like being of service? Right. So it's almost like I don't know the the word value to me is like you have to measure up to something. Right. You have to be something. You have to arrive somewhere. And the truth of the matter is the blueprint of life itself is the only place that we arrive is death. Like there, there's no arrival point in life. Right. Like we're all going to the same place and it's very clear. There is no question where we're all going. So why would we want to have to keep proving ourselves over and over and over again? You know, and, and when I speak, I always say, when do you ever arrive when you're trying to deliver value? So that's why I talk about vision. Instead, what if you delivered a vision? And I started looking at all these amazing people in the world, from the Elon Musks to the Richard Branson to Mother Teresa to Oprah Winfrey to Brene Brown, whoever you think is an amazing visionary. And I thought, wow, their vision, which they've built their entire platform on, is actually what is valuable. And the most valuable, in quotes, people I think on this world are the ones who have a powerful, undeniable, unapologetic, unwavering vision. And um, I don't know, I like I put the charge out there, like prove me wrong, you know, because the people who are out there adding value and let's say in the digital space, because there's so many people adding value in the digital space, right? Mm-hmm. How many of them are going to stand the test of time? And not many of them do. Or they have to reinvent themselves every couple of years when 
Facebook changes their platform or LinkedIn does something new or a new thing comes on the block, right? Whereas the people who have a vision, who, who believe something, and this is why I believe, you know, I'm a music guy. So this is why I believe the Madonnas, the Lady Gagas, the, the Michael Jacksons of the world had such long, incredible careers because they believed in something first. And that is what was valuable inherently. We're speaking with David DiGiorgio. He is the author of Being Unapologetic. And when we come back, we're going to, I want to explore this uh, vision a little more with you. Who are you being when it comes to your vision is one of your questions that you ask some of your people in your programs. And I kind of want to dig a little deeper on that. What do you mean by that when we come back on Self Talk Radio Show? Thinking of having your own podcast? Maybe you need a business website? Go to webhelpus.com and they can set you up with a website for as low as $399 for $24.95 a month. Very affordable. In fact, they're responsible for the website for Self Talk Radio Show. Visit webhelpus.com. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. My guest is David DiGiorgio. He is the best selling author of Being Unapologetic, and you help lots of speakers. And one of the questions that you asked, we, we talked a little bit about it, but you said, who are you being when it comes to your vision? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to understand that better. What did you mean by that? Well, so many people get caught up in what they need to do. And the problem with doing, and it's absolutely important because, okay, I mean, I love The Secret and all of the books that were spun off of The Secret, Mm -hmm. but the detail, and lots of people talk about this, that it misses is like, you actually have to get off the couch and do something about (laughs) it. So, okay, we all agree that doing is very important, but here's the problem. A lot of people get stuck in the doing. And in the preparing, I know lots of people are preparing their programs and preparing their talks and preparing their books and preparing and they're doing a lot of things, but they're not actually putting their vision out there. And so I asked them, well, who are you being? And like a lot of them are just being busy, you know, and Mm. I'm like, okay, but don't you want to be don't you want to be the person who's taking a stand for other people? Like, what is the transformation you actually want to deliver to the world? What is the service? So who do you want to be? Do you want to be busy or do you want to be on purpose? Do you want to be um, the person who is just figuring it out or is waiting for the right time? Or do you want to be the person who understands that it's never going to be the right time, which means now is the right time to put my vision out there? Are you being powerful? Are you being unapologetic? Are you being unwavering? This is what I love about the unwords. There's so many powerful unwords that stick with people. Uh, mm-hmm. My good friend Cindy Ashton, her word is uncorked. Her whole brand is built on that. You know, um, but there's so many people who are thinking about it, who are trying to figure it out, who are waiting. And that's not a way of being. And here's the other thing. So if you, again, consider your favorite Uh, actor, singer, uh, business owner, whatever it is, those people that you just want to be around, ask yourself, is it what they're doing that's so fascinating? Or is it their way of being, how they show up in a room that is like, wow. And so the best example that I love to give growing up Catholic, you know, I'm unapologetic in, in my knowledge of the Catholic faith. And I always say is like, look at how extraordinary Jesus is. Whether we believe it or not or whatever is besides the point. The fact of the matter is this person or story 2,000 years later still has a bestseller that he didn't even write. Why? 
This is a person who would walk around saying things like, I am, period. The way of being, like, he affected so many people because he showed up in a certain way. And again, if you think about your favorite amazing visionaries and leaders, there's a certain quality of them. And it's not in what they do, not in how many businesses they own. It's in their way of being. And there's a confidence. There's, a, there's that unapologetic nature. There's that unwavering nature that they have. And I think when we really hone in on who you want to be, you can really start to create impact in this world. I love that. I love that. You know, who, who are you, who are you being when it comes to your vision? You, you show up as who you want to be. I love that. That's, that's brilliant. I really enjoy that. Um, Here's a question. Does, does being unapologetic turn you into a callous character? I mean, are we emphasizing maybe a narcissistic viewpoint by Mm. being unapologetic? And that's such a great question. There's maybe like 0.5% of the people who sort of like uh, reject my brand or the the idea of the book. Now I'm coming at it from the perspective of what becomes possible when you don't have to apologize for the miracle that you are. I'm not talking about people who are, you know, totally callous and arrogant. That's not a good thing, but I'm talking about being unapologetic about your vision, not being an apologetic about like, um, uh, your attitude towards things or whatever, or not being an apologetic in a way so that you're, uh, you're saying I'm right and you're wrong. It's just saying like, look, I'm on a path. This is my path. Who's with me? And here's the other beautiful thing about being unapologetic. I learned this from a mentor of mine. And it, this, this idea really changed my life. The problem with most people is that they're too afraid to uh, make waves. But here's the thing. If you really want people to accept you, first, you have to give them a reason to reject you. You have to take a stand. So, you know, when I'm working with great leaders, speakers, performers, presenters, I always ask them, what are you a hell yes to? And what are you a hell no to? Because those things that you're a hell no to, when you start to show up from that perspective and you take a stand for something, people pay attention to you. And again, go look back in history. All the people who've taken a stand against something, which always connects to something that they're a stand for, of course, but when they take a stand against something, they make a difference. Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, there's so many people, right? But so many of us are afraid to say what we take a stand against. And I think whatever you take a stand against, you should be unapologetic about not to make other people wrong, but to say, this is what I believe. Who's with me? And if you're not, that's okay. It's not for everybody. But take a stand for something and and don't be afraid to give people a reason to reject you because they'll mull it over in their head. And then they might think like, huh, you know what? They're right. They've pushed me. They've invited me to the edge of my own comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's and be, super important. Yeah. And, and being authentic, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's being authentic and, and being unapologetic about your authenticity. Right. It yeah. doesn't mean I'm never going to be wrong. Like I could be unapologetic about something that I, I believe in or whatever. And someone might invite me into another opinion. And then, sure. I'm, you know, I'm not just going to be uh, asinine about it and just say, oh, well, no, sorry, that's what I believe. <laughs> right. That's not what being an unapologetic is. Being no. unapologetic is like, okay. I got it. That's what I thought. But now I can change what I believe too, 
right? Mm-hmm. So we're all evolving. Yeah, that's and that's the human spirit is Absolutely. to evolve. You know, yes. that's that's how you learn. Is I I would be sad if I was the same person that now that I was twenty years ago. You know, it's, we're always evolving and we're always growing. And, and that's the whole point of self-talk is to change my mind in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that's what we all look for. Uh, what do you mean by compare, comparanoia? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So comparanoia, this will be uh, this year. I'm declaring it. I will be doing a TED, TED talk because I've helped so many other people do TED talks. Now it's my turn. Right. <laughs> right. So time. <laughs> this will be the idea of my TED talk behind my idea my TED talk that comparanoia is something that I, I lived with, gosh, my whole life. And I think a lot of people live with it and comparanoia makes you think like, I'm not good enough. What if I fail? What if someone else is out there? Oh, someone else is doing the same idea. Oh, someone else has a brand that uses an unword. Oh, someone else told me that there's an unapologetic speaker out there somewhere. And comparanoia cripples you and it locks you in this prison. And I went through all of, well, I almost didn't make it through high school because of comparanoia, because I thought I didn't fit in. I was different. But here's the thing, you know, like I'm a gay man, but I didn't know that. I actually didn't really publicly come out until I was 33 years old. It took mm-hmm. me that long. And I, I like to joke. It took me until the age of Christ to figure it out. And I thought, okay, at 33, well, might as well do something big here, you know. And so I started telling people. Of course, everyone was like, well, David, we know that. I'm like, okay, but like, give me a minute here. Like, I didn't. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, and when you feel like you don't fit in and most people, bizarre, even though we're all from the same miracle, right? We all have the same bones and same DNA makeup and all that stuff, right? We still believe we don't fit in. And I think it pushes us into this comparanoia problem. And it literally stops us from creating miracles. And so I, I'm a hell no to comparanoia. And especially in young people. I mean, I was very fortunate that I had some teachers and mentors when I was in high school that literally saved my life. And now I want to go back and really um, give back to young performing arts high school students, especially because I think there's a lot of fear there. And a lot of those kids don't feel like they fit in except in their lane, except in the performing arts. And that is the place where they feel the most comfortable. But the truth is like, we have so many blessings to give to so many people. We have so much potential. If we just get over this whole idea that there's someone else who can do it better. So what you think like, Elon Musk worries about the other people who are developing other electric cars. No, in fact, he welcomes it. That's what I love about him. Yeah, He's like, go, because, go for it. Well, and that's how you grow because right. you know you're you're in your unique you're you're in your unique skin. You know, no yeah. one's going to take that away from you. And you know, you you welcome everybody to the party. And if you know if they like you, great. If they don't, great. Right. <laughs> so and, it's and the go. other thing is, but, I think people feel like they need to have like. For success, you need to have, I don't know, 100,000 followers or a million this or a million. And social media has pushed us into this comparanoia issue yeah. too. Yes. Right. And yes. you don't. Like, no. I, yeah, you just don't. I was recently listening to Jim Rohn and he talks about how, you know, in baseball, like a three, you don't need a perfect batting average. In fact, three out of 10, those players who bat three out of 10 are getting paid millions of dollars a year. And so he's like, well, what's your problem then? Can you get three out of 10 people to follow you, to say yes to your vision, what you're up to? You know, and I think people forget that. 
Yeah, we're speaking with David DiGiorgio. He is the author of Being Unapologetic. And when we come back, we're going to talk about projects being unapologetic and also talk about some of the people you've worked with coming up next on Self Talk Radio Show. Need to stop bad habits, start positive change, and sleep like a baby? Check out meditations free at sleepmeditation.org. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. My guest, David DiGiorgio, who is the author of Being Unapologetic. And you have a philanthropic endeavor, Project Being Unapologetic. Can you talk about that? Yeah, this has been literally, I forged this idea as I was graduating high school because there were a couple people in my high school experience who didn't have to do anything, but they saw something in me and they empowered me and nurtured me and literally, as I said, saved my life. And so since that moment, I'm like, I always knew one day I wanted to give back. So that's where Project Being Unapologetic came from. It is the idea that I know that if kids now specifically like i said performing arts kids because that's my that's where my passion was yeah i i know that when someone from the outside comes in to a school situation or a community and says hey you matter i'm going to do a workshop i'm going to work with you i'm going to empower you i'm going to give you some, i'm going to help you build your confidence someone from the outside who doesn't have to pay any attention to those people miracles can happen and and we proved it when we launched the first um, of the project uh, last year, we went to a school uh, just outside of Los Angeles and I did a one hour workshop and they thought I was there just to sort of speak to them and help them win a competition that they were singing at in the next several weeks. And at the end of it all, at the end of the day, besides their personal transformation and the confidence that we built in them, we also surprised them with a $5,000 check. Oh, wow. And I was a music teacher. I was the head of a music department for 10 years in Canada and um, for almost 10 years. And $5,000 is a lot of money. When you do a fundraiser, you might make $500 if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. You know, you do a show, you might make, you know, $1,000 maybe. And so when I asked this particular teacher what his students wanted, if they were to get, uh, you know, a large infusion of money, what fascinated me, and this is why we chose them as the first project school, was they said we wanted to feel more respected on campus like the football team. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that is amazing. Because they could have said we want instruments, we want we want a trip to Europe, you know, yeah. like what you'd expect from students. But when you actually talk to students about what they want, they'll give you surprising answers. And so with their $5,000 check, they commissioned a composer to write a piece for them that they're actually premiering. I'm going uh, this week to go watch the premiere of this piece. And for those people who don't know, when you commission a composer to write a piece for you, your name of that school and choir will go on that piece forever once they sell oh, it, wow. their name will be on it. And so imagine now they're going to be this school, this choir that has a piece that was written specifically for them. Talk about confidence and respect. Right. Yeah. And so what I want to do is take this across the country and eventually across the world. You know, in my mind, I see it almost as like uh, extreme makeover, you know, the high school performing arts confidence edition. Right. Like, let's go and impact hundreds, thousands, millions of kids ultimately. And it doesn't take a lot. I mean, it just, it doesn't take a lot. You know, $5,000 is not very much for any large company or even a lot of private citizens. Right. When $5,000 can change a kid's life forever and an mm. entire program. 
It's amazing. You've coached literally thousands of people from all sorts of different genres. Which one stands out the most for you that you've worked with? I, I mean, my background is in theater and performance. And so I'm a musical theater guy. And working with people who are in performance is such an amazing, amazing experience. Because when you think about it, and this is really where I got my training, why I guess, uh, you know, I've become a powerful speaker, not I guess I know I'm a powerful speaker. People tell me all the time and I just I know it. So I'm being unapologetic about that. But also um, how I can help other people to become powerful speakers and leaders. Musical theater, when you think about it, is this abstract art. People stand on the stage and they sing gibberish lyrics. I mean, go read lyrics of any song and it doesn't make any sense. And still they're able to sing it and deliver it in such a way that moves people to understanding and moves people to applaud and create standing ovations. And so you really have to understand the delivery. And that's where being where I learned this whole idea of you have to be in order to deliver a message because whatever, see, people don't hear what's coming out of your mouth. They hear and react to and respond to who you're being on the stage. That mm. is what is the X factor of great speakers, leaders, performers, presenters. It's that. Mm. And um, so anyone who has any understanding, even if you're just like you sing karaoke on a Thursday night at your favorite little hole in the wall, you know, anyone who's done any kind of performing, I love working with people like that because they get the connection right away. Like, look, when you're singing your favorite Beyonce hit, I mean, you know, there's five words that you keep repeating over and over again. There's no big, long, you know, thought out story here. And still you can move people. So imagine now when we can use our words and our mission and our vision and our message, what you can actually do. The potential is absolutely endless. You had worked with Kelly Davis on I a TED Talk. That, did. Yeah, had over a million views within the first week. Yeah. What what was what was her secret sauce? How did how did she get to that many views? Yeah. So um, that was a goal cast, actually. So she yeah, did this yes, talk. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, so she did this talk. And um, what people don't know, and I'm so it just like uh, amazes me it, when you see that talk. I'm actually standing just outside of the camera shot on that because it was shot um, specifically to record great video of her speaking and her secret sauce. I mean, this woman is extraordinary. Yes. It, it, no matter uh, like which way you look at it. Right. So she works with the Children's Miracle Network. She works with these amazing kids and she is the woman who reaches out to these amazing people, superstars of the world, the basketball players and the football players and the singers to uh, to realize the dreams. And so she came to me already with all sorts of great stories and great material. What we did is get her to open up and be authentic and vulnerable and just show up. Because from a technical standpoint, when you look at that gold cast clip, because that's a little clip of the larger talk, it's not technically perfect. And this is what I want people to really hear and understand. Stop waiting until you're technically perfect. Kelly was nervous, she'll tell you. You know, it's not it's just not a perfect scenario, but the message and how she showed up honest, vulnerable at one point in one story because it's emotional on the verge of tears. Right. She just showed yes. up as herself. It moves people. People are tired of seeing perfect, polished everything. 
you know, I love to use the story of Lady Gaga, who she was amazing, uh, whether you like her or not, besides the point. But when she finally said, and this viral clip, I'm just tired of following what everybody wanted me to do. The managers, the record label, that video of her just saying, I'm just tired of it. I'm just going to be myself from now on. Mm-hmm. That's when she exploded. And that was the same secret sauce that Kelly tapped into. She was just herself. She believes deeply in these kids and her mission. And she just laid it all out there. And look at what happened. And that's what you specialize in is Mm -hmm. bringing out that emotion, bringing out that vulnerability and bringing out the special gift that that speaker has to share. And that's that's your gift. That's your superpower. It really is. Yeah. And I love doing it. (laughs) And and how do people work with you? Um, so I, it's funny as I build my own speaking platform larger and larger and the project being unapologetic and everything, um, I'm starting to take on less and less clients. However, I'm always looking for those amazing, um, speakers and leaders who are really ready, who really understand that if they want to change the world and they look back at history, all of the people who have made big impact on the world have worked with other extraordinary people. So I like to tell people, think of me like the, the Quincy Jones behind the Michael Jackson or the Quentin Tarantino behind a great film. You're not gonna, I'm not going to step on what you're doing. I'm only going to help you enhance it. And so I work with, like I said, great speakers and great leaders who want to develop a message and figure out how to d- discover, develop, and deliver it in a way that is truly impactful. And we, I, I, I work with a couple people every year Um, and I work on a long-term engagement with people so that, you know, it really does take time. It's not just one talk. It is a series of things because eventually you become an on-purpose leader in everything that you say. It's not just that one talk, that one hour, that 30 minutes or the Ted talk, because if, if you can't show up as a powerful, unapologetic leader, speaker, whatever it is that you want to be after you've done your talk, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Your blog is amazing too. Um, your your content is it really king? I, I love the article. Uh, Everything there. It's an excellent website, and the book is excellent too. It's unapolog being unapologetic. Make sure that you grab it. The website is daviddegiorgio.com, and yeah. we will put a link to that as well, so that you can uh, definitely enjoy some of the material that's on the website. It's just excellent, excellent stuff. David, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I am so honored to have you. Thank you so much, sir. Great to spend some time with you. I can't wait to do it again. (laughs) I'm Sarah Spencer with Self Talk Radio Show. If you'd like to see our guest offerings, find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon Alexa. You can join us for the conversation on Facebook and see our guest offerings on selftalkradioshow.com.